We are finishing up this series on exploring the seismic questions with what is our purpose? And to think about that question is related actually to the very first question that I asked on January 9th of why do we exist? It's a little bit different, but they are connected. Our purpose kind of gives us a way forward. We've got why we exist and we talked about how we are created by God out of love, for peace and joy, that everything that God created was good. And so to carry that with us as we talk about what is our purpose then? If we were created in love for peace and joy, then what is my purpose here? And all of us, all of us have a purpose. And we try to get at it through different books. Maybe we've done some reading. There's this great author, Simon Sinek, who is all about our why. And to ask that question that it's not just an individual question, but it becomes then a question for businesses and nonprofits of why do we do what we do? Why do we exist? Why do we carry forth so that we understand then our purpose? Our why leads to our purpose in life. And generally, we ask that question about purpose around times of transition. Like when we're going from school to school age to job age or job age to retirement, whenever there are transitions, maybe relationship transitions, maybe uh, transitions with parenting, transitions with caring for our older parents, all kinds of ways, right? Whenever we are in transition, we often ask this question about purpose. And so for ourselves, kind of what have we thought about that? What is our purpose? Because here's the thing, our purpose is actually like a thread that goes from our beginning of our life through all of our life, that God has given us a purpose in this world. And God has called us to that purpose. And so how do we know what it is? What is it, how do we begin to discern what it is for ourselves? So today we are going to look at 1 Corinthians, which is a letter Paul wrote to the people of Corinth. And 1 Corinthians is probably actually the second letter instead of the first letter, and that the second letter is probably the fourth letter, if that's not confusing, right? But it's important to know that this letter that Paul writes, that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and the people in Corinth are really struggling. They are struggling with who they are. They are struggling with who they are as followers of Jesus, and they are very, very divided. In fact, they're kind of in this mindset of what's good for me is good for me and I don't really care about you, which really kind of flies in the whole face of Jesus' teaching that we find in John of, I leave you with this commandment to love one another just as I have loved you. Yeah, okay, so that whole thing about loving one another and uh, how, do our, how are we treating our neighbors, right? You treat others as you want to be treated. Yes, so... They are struggling, even though they're not that far from the time of Jesus. They are struggling 
with how to live that and how to live it in community. And we're going to hear it today in the portion that we are reading, that they are letting their divisions, the way that they want to go about things to divide them. They're also letting their strengths divide each other. Like, well, I'm better than you because... And so there's all this animosity and there's all this back and forth because they've lost sight of their purpose. They've lost sight of who God is calling them to be, who Jesus is saying, come on, follow me. Here is a purpose for life. Here is the purpose to guide you in every which way. And we may be thinking like, what does it matter? What is our purpose? Like, what does that matter when the world is kind of falling apart, when we see such pain and suffering, when we see the violence, when we see that war has begun for some, that we are devastated by circumstances, or maybe things aren't going well at home, things aren't going well at the job, things aren't going well in the relationships, and there's all this unease that just seems to keep being piled upon us. And we're like, I don't have time to think about our purpose. But here's the thing about understanding our purpose. If we understand it, it is something that carries us through all of the ups and downs of life. It kind of like grounds us and holds us to that existence of created in love for peace and joy. So we're going to begin in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 7. There are different spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different ministries in the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. All right, so here Paul is drawing them in that this understanding of a demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. That God has given us gifts and abilities, all of us, gifts and abilities, strengths. It's a matter of us maybe trying to figure that out, but God has given that to all of us for the common good. You know, it's one of those things where we go, well, I'm good at, but is it for the common good? What is of God? What strengths, gifts, abilities are from God? And here that question immediately goes to, well, is it for the common good? Because we know that there are people in this world that have great strengths and abilities in power, greed, destruction, violence, war, pain, vanity, right? There are things in this world that people are good at, but they are not for the common good. And so we can go, okay, what is for the common good? What strength do I have? What ability, what gift have I been given? And it's kind of important for us to, to start there in the, in the way of asking this question, of relating it to what is our purpose, because so often in our strength and ability, the gifts that we have been given by God actually point to our purpose. It kind of gives us this practical because this search of what is our purpose is really a journey and there are different aspects that we, that we may discover at different times. Because our purpose, our purpose doesn't really ever change. It's just a matter of living into the different context 
with it. it it's that thread, right? And so that thread, when we are asking it, what is our purpose? How do we ask it with connection to the common good? That our purpose is somehow connected not only to God, but to one another. Going now to 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. A word of wisdom is given by the Spirit to one person, a word of knowledge to another, according to the same Spirit, faith to still another of the Spirit, gifts of healing to another in the one Spirit, performance of miracles to another, prophecy to another, the ability to tell spirits apart to another, different kinds of tongues to another, and the interpretation of tongues to another. All these things are produced by the one and the same spirit who gives what he wants to each person. All right, yes, there was probably a clear way for Paul to say that, but it, Paul really likes to write and he, he likes to build upon. And so here we may go, well, that sounds really pretty kind of churchy. Uh, and what exactly do we mean by? So if we're thinking about these gifts, these abilities, these strengths that have been given, it, it's really just kind of a guide to start thinking about it. It's not an exhaustive list. And so to begin with like knowledge of, okay, how do we acquire knowledge of the world around us that is for the common good? How do we acquire knowledge of God? that that is a strength or an ability, or wisdom, which is the knowledge that we have and how we use it for the common good, how we are using that knowledge for others. How are we using what we know and what we experience for others to encourage one another even? Or that sense of faith, and you may be going, okay, what, what is that faith, what does that mean? And faith, there are people that are able to go, wait a minute, God has not abandoned us. That they have this confidence that kind of oozes out of them almost of saying, no, God has not abandoned us. In fact, I can point to, or the gift of healing, that there are those that their very presence can be healing, the way that they engage with others, the way that they are able to help that healing presence. And then we may go, okay, what does this really mean, miracles? All right, so miracles, it's one of those things to think about in terms of the impossible becomes possible. So that there are some people who are able to be in relationships with others, to be present with others in such a way that what was thought as impossible, the way that person was living their life, becomes possible, a miracle, something kind of unexplainable. And then we've got where we go, ability to tell spirits apart. There are people in this world, and sometimes we've met them, who are able to just kind of read people. They kind of know, like, ooh, wait a minute, they've got something good, we need to listen, or wait a minute, there's something going on here, we need to back up, we need to discern what in the world is happening. So being able to discern other people, to be able to discern motives, to be able to discern actions. And then we've got different kinds of tongues, of being able to communicate in all kinds of ways, a gift for communication, a gift for speaking, a gift for even different languages, of being able to communicate 
in ways that maybe we couldn't even imagine. And then the interpretation, that there are those that can be like, no, no, wait, this is what they actually meant. This is what they were saying. They were trying to get across. And you go, oh. And so to think about those gifts, right, in that capacity, to think about those gifts that are actually helping others, that it's not just about ourselves, but, right, they are gifts for the common good. They are gifts that help in a multitude of ways. And maybe we even have those strengths and haven't necessarily realized it. Or we thought, eh, that doesn't really matter. And here we're being shown, no, all of those things, all of those things come from God. All of those things kind of help us and guide us in understanding the purpose God has given to each of us in this world. Each of us on this beautiful planet Earth. Each of us to help sustain. Continuing on in verses 12 through 18 of chapter 12. Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts. And all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, and we are, were, all were given one spirit to drink. Certainly the body isn't one part, but many. If the foot says I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the ear says I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? But as it is, God has placed each one of the parts in the body just like he wanted. Okay, so Paul is trying to convey this message that we are all unique, and we've all been given gifts, and we've all been given different gifts, we're all being called to different purposes in this life, and that one of us is not better than the other one, but that we all come together for the body, right? It, it's this metaphor. And, uh, you know, we're going to see where Paul kind of gets himself, right? Because every metaphor finally breaks down, and he keeps trying to hold this metaphor together. But in this moment, to begin to think about that all of us have unique strengths, that even when we think, well, my gift, my ability, my purpose, really, maybe it doesn't mean that much to anybody else. And here Paul is like, no, it does. It really does. That even though we may think it's insignificant, or someone may try to make us feel like it's insignificant, that Paul is going, no, 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 no. All that God has created, right? Back to all that God has created good. All these gifts that God has given us are important are meant to bring us together, are meant to help one another, are meant to help in this mutuality of living. And to really like kind of hold on to that phrase, that mutuality in living is really where he's directing us in this metaphor of body and all of the ways that we are helping one another, encouraging one another, building up, that even as we may have weaknesses, there are others with that strength and that they, we are meant to help one another. Not say, well, I got it together and you don't. No, no, no. Here, that sense of what is our purpose is about drawing us together somehow about this common good, about this mutuality for living. So as we're thinking about, okay, well then 
What is my purpose if we're pulling on these things that make up or that are kind of pointing us towards, then what is each of our purposes? We each have a purpose and they're all important. In fact, they are all necessary for this world, this life to work in transformative new ways that point to, right? That point to we are created in love for peace and joy. Continuing on in verses 19 through 23. If all were one in the same body part, what would happen to the body? But as it is, there are many parts but one body. So the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or in turn, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Instead, the parts of the body that we think are less honorable are the ones we honor the most. The private parts of our body that aren't presentable are the ones that are given the most dignity. Okay, so here Paul is really, like I said, he's trying to hold the metaphor together. And he is, you know, he keeps pushing because, right, if we keep thinking about, okay, so if we're all a part of the body and we all have different, unique, if we push the metaphor too far, we're like, wait a minute, what part of the body am I? Yeah. And so that's where he's like, wait a minute, hold up. No, we all have dignity. We all are dignity. We all have a purpose. We all are useful in some capacity. And to not lessen that all of us have dignity. All of us have purpose. All of us do because all of us are connected to God. And so for the Corinthians, they are being pushed by some that say, well, you're not as good as, or you really don't contribute like, and here Paul is like, hold up. No matter how insignificant we think we may be, no matter how insignificant we may think our ability is, Paul's like, nope, we are all needed. And we are all dignified in our abilities, gifts, and purposes. Continuing on in verses 24 through 27. The parts of our body that are presentable don't need this. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the part with less honor so that there won't be division in the body. And so the parts might have mutual concern for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part gets the glory, all the parts celebrate with it. You are the body of Christ and parts of each other. So he's trying to finish up with this. No, there is mutuality. There is something dignified. There is something that is important here for us to understand, for us to hold on to. And so... If all of us have a part in this life, if all of us have been called by God, if all of us have been given these strengths and abilities that point to our purpose, what might our purposes be? What might the purpose that we have, right? If it's supposed to carry us from the beginning all the way through, that it really is holding us down no matter the circumstance that we find ourselves in, what could that purpose be? Does that purpose change? Does it shift some? And 
it's interesting to think about that because we currently live in a society that really is all about, well, your purpose is in how much money you can make. It's our purpose is in what grades we can make, whether or not we are great as an athlete, our job performance, our success, our parenting, our relationships, the relationship status, how many likes or followers we get. We live in a society that's really focused on putting our purpose there, but our purpose is so much bigger than that. In some ways, it sounds kind of simple, and I'm about to give some examples of that, but in other ways, it is so much bigger than the momentary the stage of life that we find ourselves in. Our purpose actually carries us through all of that. And so you might be going, okay, so then what does that mean? What does our purpose then, what does it look like? What could it possibly be if it's to carry us through all those stages? And those moments like that, those things aren't our purpose. Then what is? And so if we back up, right, to those strengths and gifts, it might be that our purpose is to be compassionate that our purpose is to listen, that our purpose is to leave this place better than what we found it, or that our purpose is to gain in wisdom to share with others. Our purpose may be along the lines of being that healing presence, being a caretaker. It might be that sense of saying, wait a minute, God has not abandoned us and continuously repointing and looking. Because prophecy, prophecy, we often think of predicting the future, but prophecy is about being able to speak truth into the moment, into the events, and point to God. And so to think about that, that maybe our purpose is to speak truth. All of us have a purpose. All of us have a unique purpose. All of us have been given a purpose and been given strengths and abilities to lead us in that purpose. So when we feel like the world is falling apart, when we think things are getting challenging, we have to go back to what is our purpose no matter the circumstance, no matter the phase of life that we are in. And so to be able to think through and to discover and begin to experience that. Because when we're like, I don't know how to move forward, I don't know how to get through, that we move back and go, wait a minute, my purpose in life is to, it begins to give us a way forward through the situation, through the challenges, through the circumstances that we find ourselves. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, he has this really great way of stating our purpose. Now, he's going to use the term calling, but this is what he's getting at. So hear these words for a moment. For the Christian disciple, human dignity, and therefore any notion of human rights, depends upon the recognition that every person is related to God, before they are related to anything or anyone else. God has defined who they are and who they can be by his own eternal purpose, which cannot be altered by any force or circumstance in this world. 
people may refuse their calling or remain stubbornly unaware of it. But God continues to call them and to offer them what they need to fulfill their calling. So here we have that sense that we are all being called and claimed. We've all been given a purpose because we are all connected to God. And we've been given these strengths and we can say, you know what, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy or it doesn't really matter. But here we get that sense that no, it actually does. As we are going through life, as we are facing different things, as we're trying to figure out how to get through, it's important that we are able to hold on to our purpose, which is rooted in a God who created us out of love for peace and joy. And so how will we begin to think about, how will we begin to live into, how will we begin to even talk about what our purpose is. How our purpose is so much bigger than whatever phase of life that we find ourselves in, whatever circumstance it is, that our purpose is something we are being called to by God. By a God who has created everything good. A God who calls us to mutual living. A God who calls us to live into a purpose that actually is about building up the common good, that is about bringing us together in all of our unique ways instead of dividing us out. Amen.